Welcome to the Finnish football show, Paula Mulluoja. Thank you. My pleasure. Tervetuloa. Oh, kiitos. <laughs> so thanks for joining us, Paula. We um, we know that you've just got home from training today, so we uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to come and come and talk to us today. So thank you for that. Thanks, thanks. I said at the top of the show that you've got um, three Finnish championship medals to your name. Um, you've played for some of the best clubs in Finland. Can you... Can you tell us when when your love of football started? Ooh, love of football started in uh, in our yard. My dad is an ex-player and um, ex-coach. I come from a football family, um, so we used to play ball a lot with me and my my little brother and dad, me and little brother, and then we had a group of friends in the same. Um, area that we just went out and had a lot of fun with different kind of games. Um, my brother joined the team, and I got a bit jealous of that. So <laughs> I was asking that I could join in too. At that moment, my dad wasn't very smart, and he thought it's not the sport for girls. But I'm the best. Maybe how it was seen then. I unfortunately. <laughs> I think I was already pretty stubborn when I was five year old. <laughs> so, me and my mom made it happen, and then I got to join the boys team. And yeah, it was pretty clear for me from the start that I want to be a goalkeeper. I have no idea why. Mom tells a story that uh, we were watching um, World Cup as a family, and then I, I I've told them that I want to be number one, and Mom was like, "What do you mean?" And I just said, "No, nah, number one." I want to be that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's the story behind the goalkeeping, but and you did. Uh, I don't know. And then boys thought that girls cannot be goalkeepers. So that kind of sucked. <laughs> and for two years, I was playing as a left defender, but apparently I was too, too rough. I, I created a lot of, a lot of. Too rough for the boy to play yeah. with the boys. Okay. I I created a lot of free kicks for the opponents and I was making them cry because I tackled too hard. Yeah, uh, I'm from a big family, so... <laughs> can happen. Yeah, that, that kind of things can happen. But then mom got um, tired of listening to the fact that girls cannot be goalkeepers and she actually made it happen that she created a first girls football team in Nokia and okay. that's when it started with the goalkeeping too. Wow, that's 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 a cool story. So your yeah. your mum started the first girls football team in Nokia. Yeah, yeah, she is my hero in that kind of um, sense. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. But as you as you said there, you know, um, maybe maybe back in the days it wasn't so so it wasn't so common for for the girls to be playing football. Thankfully, now women's football is continuing to grow all over the world, and we see professional leagues in in many countries nowadays. I think it is fair to say though that. The Nordic nations have always seemed to be at the forefront of the of the women's game. Do you you touched on it there, Paula? But do you believe that growing up in Finland helped you to achieve your goal of becoming a professional football player? Well, yeah, in many ways, yes. What I've learned now for with my two years here in Italy that Scandinavian players are very ready 
when they go abroad. Uh, the level of education of when it comes to football, it's it's quite high in Scandinavia and also in Finland. Um, my position is a bit unfair in this matter because, yeah, dad used to coach and and my life has been always surrounded by coaches or athletes. My brother used to play ice hockey, so the the lifestyle of sports is common to me. And it was clear to me since my teenager years that what it takes to become um, a pro athlete or at least a very good one. But um, yeah, when I started playing footballs, we we're talking about 80s, so it wasn't it wasn't clear the the idea was that yeah you can play football but you cannot make it a profession and even though in for example in elementary school I kept saying like I want to be a pro football player but it wasn't a real dream it was like more like yeah what's the actual dream of yours <laughs> um, but then yeah I even made it to the national youth teams like but even then I was like thinking like yeah I can be really good at it but I'm just gonna play in Finland mostly um yeah I think Finland uh, and the way that we have football there it gave me an opportunity to understand the game understand the laws of it and um, and to study coaching as well and it gave me a lot of things to take with me when I decided to become a pro football player as well. A lot of responsibility of my own actions and then a lot of understanding of what it takes to maintain the level or get even better. You said that in the 80s it wasn't seen as, you know, a, a viable career, but you could say arguably it's only in the last five to eight years that it's really become actually something that women can do professionally and make a, a decent living as well so it's not so strange that people were skeptical in the 80s no it's not I, I I totally understand them and yeah even I thought in my 20s that I must get a proper job I must get an education and I must follow my dreams in other ways uh, as well to make sure that when when this football is over, I have something else to do and some place where I can actually make money. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am really happy for that. Uh, studying made me a, a better person, and then I learned also to to love the studying part and love the learning. So it's been a very big help for me. Um, I have nothing against that, but when I think about the years when I studied in uh, university and then I played in a club that played Champions League and and I was also going to work and I was coaching and all of that, I just don't know how I did it. <laughs> I have no idea, but somehow I made it. Maybe I was young and energetic, but I also think that that is a fact that if people do that, that they put their energy into multiple things, it's it takes away energy from football. So girls in who play in Finland or in semi-pro leagues right now, I encourage them to be um, brave to take the step that they actually focus only on football and see what it takes. For some people, it works better that they do they have something else as well. But then there are players that would 
benefit a lot if they would have more time to recover and more time to do uh, exercises that help them recharge their bodies faster and sleep better. Sleep is quite important, yeah. <laughs> for example. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So if we um, if we move on a little bit a little bit more, Paula, I think I'm right in saying that um, at the age of 23 in 2007, you received the devastating news that you were suffering with a brain hemorrhage and leukemia. I believe that you were at Ilves at this time and and that I've read that you decided that you would treat this illness as if it were a football injury to fight back from. Um, the doctors told you that you wouldn't play football again or, or possibly not be able to do any any sports. What 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 on earth gave you the strength to prove those guys wrong? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I said earlier, I'm a quite stubborn person. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those were difficult times even though now it's like uh, just a glory story but it's not the whole whole thing um it was a moment when um i got the news and then i i got to ask like can i make it and then the doctor said that they don't know the answer right now it's going to be within hours that we know but but the people have cured from this so th- there's hope so i was like yeah then i'm doing it so let's go I didn't know how, but then I just decided this is going to be treatable. Um, yeah, I had some questions about whether I love football or not. Just before, I was thinking at the moment that that's going to be my last season and I'm going to put all in. And let's see, I'm 22 and thinking things like this. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, with the time in the hospital, I started to realize that when I think about life and things that, I miss about my life. I mostly missed football. Of course, I miss my friends and family, but they get to, I got to meet them anyway, not all the time, but sometimes. And, but the thing that I was dreaming of was that I could play again. I could feel free again on the field. So it kept me alive, the thought that I will be back. And didn't even cross my mind that as my last appointment with the doctor when they're preparing you to go home and start the treatments at home and stuff like that they said that no Paula no you're gonna do yoga and walks and I'm like have you met me (laughs) 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 I'm not gonna do yoga and walks like I need to go there and tackle people I need to go and dive to somebody's feet and they're like no 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 that's too risky your body has been gone through such a hard treatments and it will it will not last like your body cannot handle it and I was like nah, I don't think so yeah well first weeks were quite hard because I barely had energy to walk down the stairs and back up again but um, yeah I decided to recover as if it's an injury how long, how long did it take you to get back to playing after this injury Mm, yeah this is not a smart to- story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, don't tell anything you don't want yeah. to tell. it was maybe two months uh, so <laughs> I barely had hair in my head and um, I started uh, going almost daily to Ilves uh, practices and then 
I just was like there. I walked there. That was my workout that I walked there and then maybe took a bus back home and or something like that. And, and then this one day I was like, hey, maybe if I can join the warm up, that would be kind of nice. Just the warm up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the idea. <laughs> but I, I think I stayed in the whole training. And then uh, we had a second team in a second division. So I started asking, like, maybe I could start there to practice with them a bit and then see how it goes. And yeah, it was two and a half months after I got home from hospital that I played my first half a game in second division. Oik, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then my mom and, wanted to kill me. If I didn't die to cancer, she wanted to kill me at that moment. <laughs> she was like, we just got you back. Like, do you? Are you crazy? I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, it's... so uh, it was, um, yeah, as you said, it was uh, you. You you decided to get back into the football pitch pretty quickly, and I think it was only only two years on from your diagnosis that you achieved the third place bronze medal placing with um, Corpion Mimifotis. No, and it was actually like... already the second, uh, the first season after. Yeah, I, I was going to say I'd be surprised if it took as long as two years. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, times were very funny because internet was not a big thing at the moment, and um, for some reason my leukemia was not uh, in any news. I was just a football goalkeeper, so no one knew actually about it. I think so, at least. So, uh, my boyfriend at the time got a contract in Coops in Kuopio and I was like, yeah, I'm coming with you. I'm going to try. And he was like, uh-huh. That's so Paula. That's so Paula. You don't even have hair, but you're going to try to go into a team. So I I called the club and I was like, can I come for a tryout? <laughs> uh, two, two weeks later, I was like, hey, yeah, how do you think? Like, would I maybe fit the team? And they were like, yeah, definitely. Like, you're a strong goalkeeper. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> no, no, then there's something you don't the, know. Yeah, then we got the contract, like, um, we had the paper ready. And then I was like, yeah, now I'm going to be honest about it. But, like, I'm, I'm still recovering. I'm still going to be on chemo for at least a year and a half more. Because that's what they do that. You eat, um, you eat to the statics at home and then you have, I had a lot of pain and stuff going on. So I was like, this is the case. Like I'm going to be on my best for the most of the times, but there can be days that I'm just in so much pain that I cannot even call you guys that I cannot make it. If it's okay for you, I would love to join. And I got a pretty good contract there. And yeah, we won bronze that year. It was yeah. freaking amazing. That's <laughs> that, that is totally amazing. Yeah. I mean, um, after that, you had pretty successful spells with FC United and back at Ilves before signing with um, Pecor 35 in, in 2013. And, and you became uh, a Finnish champion, uh, a, a gold medal with, with Pecor in 2014, I believe, if, I, if I'm right. Um, that must have felt like so extra special considering your own personal journey back to health. Like, can you even attempt to describe... Describe your feelings, how you felt when you when you won that league. Yeah, when I decided to come back, I just didn't decide to come back and play football and enjoy football. But actually, I, I decided that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this proper. 
So I'm going to actually put all in and start making a lot more effort than I ever did. I've always been a good um, team player that I love. I love practicing and I love things like that. But then I decided that I'm going to do this full on. Um, and since those two bronze medals in Kuopio, I decided that I'm going to need to find clubs that actually make me a better goalkeeper. So then we went to Piedrasari and then afterwards I came to Ilves and even Ilves was a, it was a decision that I made with a lot of thinking that it's going to be a club where I'm going to be in a big role. I knew that we're not going to have such a great team and probably not going to make it to medals, but I knew that it's going to be a club where I can be in a very big role and that that's going to help me grow as a goalkeeper. And then going to PK was the last touch to that. <laughs> the, I I think I cried quite many days after the <laughs> championship because <laughs> it was just overwhelming. Yeah, very overwhelming. I didn't want to give up on the trophy. I just wanted to hold on to it. I was wearing the medal for three days in a row. And yeah, pretty ecstatic. It's... um. Great days. No, it's, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, uh, I think, uh, and that's uh, uh, Peko is where you where you secured your second league title the following season. Um, but then in two thousand and sixteen, you you signed for Honka in in Espo. Well, um, can you tell us your your reasons for for leaving Peko Thirty Five? Yeah, um, that I played three years in a row there. And um, we had the same staff for the whole three ta- for the whole three years, and it seemed to me that uh, they're going to stay for quite a while. I think they're still the same staff okay. after ten years <laughs> or something. Um, and to me, that wasn't anymore the right environment to be in. the The challenges that I met were too much, and I was thinking that I need to find a club where I can. I can have new kind of challenges and to be in a different way, free with the football. And the way that PK play football had already given me everything. So I felt like if I'm going to stay there, I'm going to be unhappy, even though we're going to play Champions League and I'm going to win games and it will be great. But inside I knew that I need to make changes. And that's when I called Luciano Posilip. And then I was like, hey, need a goalkeeper? <laughs> I would be available. Yeah, but best decision ever. Best decision ever when it comes to football. I think that was the glory days of my life. Those three Honka years, they were absolutely amazing. And they prepared me to this person and this athlete that I am right now. Was it because of how you were able to play the game or just the team that you were part of? I think it was more the team that I was part of. Um, when I went there, I saw all these old players that were just having fun with a group of friends. But I saw this massive potential. I was like, why would we just have fun when we can actually go and beat them? Like, why wouldn't we? And then... Then we started thinking about it as a group, like, yeah, why are we settling down for this? And then we had such a perfect team in Honka for those three years. We had a group of players who were so motivated and so united. And 
we were able to talk about so difficult topics and so important things that in a team must be talked and even the staff and every we just gave all in like absolutely all in like we were sometimes so tired that we just cried after the practice because we had to go to work and we had to practice at 22 p.m or something but we were always there and we were always there for each other and yeah it was a definitely the best times when it comes to my football in finland those honka years Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it was the right decision for you to join Honka because in 2017, you completed your hat-trick of league titles. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, that, you know, to win the league to win the league once and then, you know, twice, okay, same club, but then to move and and complete your hat-trick with another club is is pretty pretty amazing. Um, after that, you had you had a short spell in the archipelago with, with Orland United and then In 2019, you moved to Italy to sign for Pink Bari in Serie A, where you are now. Can you can you tell us how this transfer came about, and if if playing abroad was always something that you wanted to experience? Yeah, well, it's a one funny story too. Of course, uh, playing abroad is is every football girl's dream, <laughs> especially Italy. I don't know why I dreamed about Italy when I was a kid. Probably something I saw in TV or something. I I don't have any actual reason for that. Um, if I think about the championships in Finland, uh, the year of 2017, it's the champion because I did it with Hanga and and it it's the goosebump champ. Like it it just completed it all. It was one of the best days of my life for sure. And um, Then I went to Holland United because they got to, I got an offer to play as a pro there. And I was like, okay, this is something new. I'm 34 or something. I can't even remember. And somebody wants me to play for, like, I don't need to do anything else. What? What is this? So I took a really hard decision to leave my job as a teacher. Um, not hard because... I love to be a teacher, but because I love my I love my kids, I love the pupils that I was working with, and the co-workers and the school that I worked in was like it was a fantastic place to be, and they were always super supportive to my football. So it was a hard hard day for me to leave that place, um, but very fast I realized that if I want to do this well, this football thing, this is what I need to be doing that. I spent more time recovering. I spent more time studying football. I'm, I spent more time studying opponent. I I analyze my games and my practices and I eat better. I sleep better. I just put my full focus on this. So in that sense, those six months in Holland were amazing. A big life lesson to me that this is how it should be. And then uh, we were having a weekend off after a game so I went to my with my parents to our summer house and then I got this whatsapp text message from a weird number that hey Paula you want to play Serie A and I'm like is this a joke oh, I'm like this uh, I'm like I want to call the number and call my like my friends like haha very funny like I'm not falling into this one like do you think I'm stupid 
And then it was a voicemail after that. And I'm like, this doesn't sound like any of my friends. Like he actually sounds Italian. And, hmm. and then I like, okay, let's play along. And I started like, yeah, like as if. <laughs> and no, within a week I signed and decided to move, packed my stuff. I had 24 hours to pack my stuff in all and then put them on a ferry. <laughs> on a bus and like under the team bus I put my stuff there and then we take a ferry to mainland and then I call my parents like can you come and pick the stuff up from the bus or something like and yeah that's when I stayed I stayed two nights in Helsinki before leaving to Italy and it was it all happened in um, in just matter of days unbelievable yeah overwhelming as well that that time was and then I arrived to this crazy country <laughs> What have I done with my life? <laughs> like, so, so those guys in Bari had, had scouted you. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the scout that we we still have the same scout. Um, he was a friend of one Honka player from 2016. So, in that sense, also, to me, it's a big uh, lesson in life that the most important thing that I did was actually already, like three years before in an environment that I had no idea that I'm going to be told the story of that. Okay. Paula is a good goalkeeper. She's very professional and she's a leader personality and she likes to do things well. So something that I did three years earlier was actually the key to this transfer here. So it's to me, it's a big victory in that sense that it's not just, that we put our focus on one game and that's the important game and that's when we get to show off. It's actually the everyday work that matters the most. When, when you're in business, people I've heard people say that your brand is, as a company or as a person, is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And oh. you kind of proved it there. Your your <laughs> brand was this guy saw you in or, or this person yeah. saw you in action and recommended you. That, that, means, that yeah. means a lot. Yeah, actually, now that you put it, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So the way that I am was the reason, like the way that I am with football, it was the reason that they got interested in me in this case. And yeah, in Holland, I was sharing the playtime. We were sharing the playtime with Anna Tamminen, who is the another goalkeeper from the national team. So yeah, yeah it was a pretty tough times for us. Like we were pushing each other every day and, and then to get the opportunity to play the whole time in another club, then it was like, yeah, maybe I'm going to go and through that. And who doesn't want to play Serie A? That's it. That's Everyone it. <laughs> so I think um, your first season at Pink Bury saw the, the club finish 10th to guarantee another season in the top flight. How did you, how did you adapt to life in Italy after moving there so quickly? And can you tell us about the standard of the football in Serie A compared to playing in Finland? Well, this is a totally different place. You can, I was thinking when I got here that, yeah, football is football, but no, it's not. It's a totally different sports here. Um, the equipments are the same, but then everything else is a lot different. Uh, my first practices, the goalkeeper coach that we had last year, he said to me, yeah, I've been seeing some of your games from YouTube and stuff, and uh, we're going to change everything. <laughs> great oh, yeah you scouted like me you brought me yeah. here and now you're going to change me yeah I'm like okay so I'm just a tool now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah 
then I decided that, okay, I, I know the Scandinavian way. I have done the Finnish football school. I have played that game through. I I was known as a goalkeeper with uh, good techniques and good um, like basic qualities of football goalkeeping. And I was thinking like, why not? Let's study the Italian way. Let's yeah. see. And we started with my fingers. I guess they were wrong. And he was like putting my fingers to a different position. I'm like, okay, this is how we do it now. And with time... I was very annoyed most of the time, but with time I started to understand that um, he was right, actually. He was right. The way that he put me to do things was uh, the way that made my body work better. And then after those results, it was quite easy to jump into it fully and then start trying even harder to learn the Italian way. Of course, I'm, I'm not even close to ready to that, but in a game now... I have a big reserve of uh, of skills because I can do the Scandinavian way and now I can do some of the Italian ways too. So it's a good thing to to have. Oh, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. How how is women's football sort of um, treated or or viewed Perceived. in yeah in Italy? It's growing. It's <laughs> growing really fast here. The big clubs are now buying clubs for themselves yeah. so they can join the join the wave um i live in south of italy so life is a bit different here when you think of italy you think of rome and milan and great big cities uh bari is a big city but um it's from south and that means that it's um it's quite different the culture here is still i must say it's from from the history a bit like the thinking is that women should be in the kitchen and we should yeah we should not try to be doing things that are meant to be done by men but at the same time if I tell here anywhere that I play football I'm immediately like wow like that's so nice and people take it very well but at the same time it's not an easy place to be as a female athlete it's not like you are immediately um evaluated as a as a person of sports but then Italy is growing and I'm really happy to see the evolve that happens here next year we should be having a completely pro league and that's a very big um, investment from the government that they are putting in a lot of money to make female football big as well even bigger but um yeah, it's not the same. When you come from a country where values of equality and and high level of education are a normal standard to a place like this, it's it can be hard. But um, luckily, I'm a stubborn person, so I decided to... Uh, I, I, think, <laughs> I think Italy seems to suit you quite well, Paola, because um, nearly... nearly 70% of your photos on Instagram are of coffee. So um, you must, uh, you you know, which is best, Italian coffee or Finnish coffee? I'm going to put you on uh, this These spot. are the big questions. This is what people want to know. <laughs> yeah, this is the most important question of the day. Uh, Italian coffee, it's the best in the whole universe. There's no competition. There you go. There's no competition. I'm never going back to filter coffee. It's just... Um, it's something else. It's uh, heaven in a cup. So it's espresso all the way. Yes, it, you've yeah. changed, Paola, since you've been over there. Yeah, the girl you were. 
Yeah, but to, to be fair, um, a lot of people ask me, like, would you go back to Scandinavian uh, teams or would you go back to Finland to play football? But at the moment, it feels like I don't belong there. Like, my personality is quite strong and I'm an um, um, extrovertish kind of person. And I seem to fit in here very well with my temper and with my expressing of emotions when as in Finland I sometimes felt like I'm a bit too much and I'm a little bit difficult to handle even though I'm a very kind person and the and the words that I say come from a place of love but I come out very strongly and here it seems to be more like a normal thing <laughs> instead of instead of uh, being too much or too something. So I feel at home here, like in very many ways. Like I, I feel like my also my football personality gets to be. I get to be really free when I put my gloves on. I get to be really free. I don't need to think about am I hurting somebody's feelings or am I screaming too loud or am I doing something too strongly. It's Never the case. It's always like, Paula, you should be a little more angry or aggressive. Or I'm like, ah, oh, more? <laughs> even even more hand gestures. I'm already, yeah. yeah, I'm already popping a vein there, but uh, I'm going to try to be more angry or something. But yeah, yeah, I've learned this very fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, Paula, it's, um, it's fair to say that this season has been a bit of a tough one for, for Pink Buddy. I mean, um, I've been... I mean, keeping an eye on, on your results and even this weekend you had a, a really difficult time against AC Milan. So how how is the atmosphere in, in the team? And are you guys, you guys, I think you're playing Empoli on, on Sunday. So are you guys ready for that challenge? How How is the feeling? Yeah, it's been really hard season for us. Very, very hard. And then there's um, a lot of events that feel unfair or... Or somehow, like, how can this happen to us? Like, all of this is building up. And uh, Italy in general, I think, for, for Finnish people, it's very difficult to understand how much they actually suffered last spring when Corona hit. Like, these people were actually locked in their rooms or in their apartments for three, four months in a row. And um, also for athletes, that was a very tough place because they didn't get to go out for a run where... At the same time in Finland, I had the possibility to go for a football field whenever I wanted or to woods to run or the gym or do things like that. And and Bing Bari is not a big club. We don't have ha- our own clubhouse and we don't have our own gyms and we don't have our own pitch. We don't have places where we could have helped the players to stay in better form and stuff like that. But we did our best during the preseason but um, you can tell that now that the top teams with the, a lot of money they had a possibility to invest to their players in Italy and now also possibility to buy players from abroad we have now nine players that are international so I'm, I'm hoping that it's starting to show in the results as well because um it is so that they had a better opportunity to maintain the football skills and their condition and stuff. But yeah, we are very confident that we can get a good result against Empoli as well. We go to every game with that mentality that, okay, let's show today is the day. But I think it's fair to say that sometimes it's quite clear 
that there's this top team and then there's our club who cannot invest as much at the moment. Mm. But we have stayed strong mentally. So it's not that we we definitely have not given up. We're still believing that we can keep the spot in Serie A and that's where Pink Party belongs. Yeah, no, that's good. And we, we wish you all the best with that. I mean, you touched on it previously about, you know, when, when Mark was saying about how women's football is viewed in Italy and you said like some of the big clubs are buying up women's clubs to rebrand them as their own. And and I, I was going to say um, Pink Bari seems to be one of the only teams in Serie A that's, that's not affiliated to a men's team. And, and you know, I think you've answered the question already, but my, my question was, do you believe that this does have any bearing of the ability of Pink Barry to compete? I mean, I think you've, you've touched on it already. It's obvious that the money that these huge men's clubs like AC Milan, Juventus, Inter Milan have, they can, they can spend on, on, their, on their women's teams. If, if Pink Barry exists just as a, as a women's club in, it, in its own entity, it must be very, very difficult. So I think you've already, you've already pretty much answered that question for us. Yeah, Barry has a men's team in Serie A, yeah. but um, I don't, I can't remember. It was a few years ago when they separated. There was some kind of a collaboration before, but uh, uh, but it's also an area question because here it's um, it's a bit different. The whole thing could we even actually work together? I don't, I don't know all the details about that. Yeah, I have understood that. <laughs> Is that coming from your your end? <laughs> There's a car going with the loud music on. Yeah. Think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's good. A bit. A bit of barry atmosphere. That's yeah, Italy. Yeah. That's Italy for you. Yeah. Um, this is an area where we could be a very big club, but that's not my place to go sure. to. Like at this moment, it's a club of uh, people who created this for female mm. uh, football players. So. When in big clubs, the thing is maybe money or the tradition of the logo. Here, it's more about the idea of being part of family, and yeah, that is one. That is one of the reasons why I came here again. That here, I'm actually seen as a person. I'm not just a player. I'm not just a. I don't know. Number in a sheet. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know about the competition in the future years, how it can be done. There's a lot of clubs now, even in this area that are now Lazio is in Serie B and then there's a Napoli in Serie A as well. But um, I hope because Julia deserves a female team mm-hmm. in Serie A as well. But that is something beyond my power. So I just get to see and <laughs> wait. Yeah. Paula, listen, thanks again for joining us, for giving us your time. Kiitos paljon. It's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you, Paula. Kiitos, kiitos. Kiitos teille. It was fun. Thanks for inviting me.